David to bring the Passion Translation for me so I could read something from it. So I'm just finding it before we get there. Yeah, David. Awesome. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you that you are just going to speak to us. God, we just thank you that... uh, it's your words, not mine. God, I just ask that you would, your heart for tonight would be fully conveyed. God, that we would just uh, take away uh, from this what you're trying to say and that you'd impart our hearts, God. So we just ask that you would uh, just create, like set us into a place where we'd be able to receive what you're saying and uh, just, um, yeah, be able to hit each of us in our own way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to plug for camp too while we're at it. Guys, hey. camp is awesome. I've gone to Crux Camp every year but one year since I've come to the church. So six years now, minus one. Uh, and it's awesome. That's how I like first connected with people. That's where Susan and I became friends, uh, and like several other people. And um, the very first time, many years ago, we did that Carlsbad Village Lagoon, and it was awesome. Oh yeah! See, it was awesome, guys. And it's just every year God does something new and amazing, um, and just you get to have like awesome, uh, like good heart-to-heart talks with people. Um, you know, I had a heart-to-heart talk with Dominic there a year ago, and now I'm kind of like dating him, so No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not. I'm not plugging it for that reason. But I just, yeah. Anyway, okay. We still have the Yeah, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so um, Pastor Andrew texted me last week and said, "Hey, would you speak this week?" And uh, I, when he when he asked me if I'd speak, we're doing this series on the goodness of God. And uh, the first thing I heard when he said when he said was waiting. And I was like, okay, God, what does that mean? And I felt like he wanted to talk about the goodness of God in our seasons of waiting. And I think that at every point in our life, or every one of us right now is waiting for something. Whether we're waiting for a financial breakthrough, whether we're waiting for a significant other, whether we're waiting for a new job, for specific classes, any of that stuff, we're all in a season of waiting for something. (laughs) Laughing at me right now. I'm just, it's cool. Um... But the thing is, is we start in sometimes in the midst of those moments where we've been waiting and that waiting seems longer and longer and longer. We start to lose sight of the goodness of God or trusting God in the midst of those situations. So I start to say things like, you know, um, like, is he really is he really actually going to come through in this promise for me? Is it like, is this a really real dream of mine? Is this something that he has or was this something that I had in mind? You know, is this should I even be going after this? What what does this even mean? Um, and we start to think, okay, God, you're good, but, or this isn't working out, or maybe something doesn't work out the way we want it to, and then we blame it on God because we didn't think it happened the way we think it should happen. Oh. And we're, we all have these moments, and I felt like God was saying that we needed to get perspective on how to handle our seasons of waiting. I felt like he wanted to, like, remind us that he's good in all things, and he's good when we wait for him. Yeah. Um, We've all heard this, like, the uh, the quote or, like, the sign that says, like, the it's not about the destination but the journey or yeah, something like yeah. that. And the thing is, is, I completely believe that's 100% true. Yes. Because yes. the thing is, what makes girl. that destination worth it is all that we do leading up to it. Even if we look at it as simple as the big picture of heaven, right? Heaven is going to be awesome no matter what we do. But the more that we embrace this season right here, wow. right now, how much greater is heaven going to be? On, right? Brother. The Bible says, like, you store your treasures up in heaven. Wow. So that means that's that we might good. not see the fruit of what we're doing right now or how we're living out right now but in heaven it's going to be fantastic and it's going to be worth it worth every single second of waiting for that eternity i like so believe that and i even look at um i like think of even just basically abraham okay abraham like had a promise from god that he was going to have more uh 
more descendants than there were stars in the sky and sand on the sand in the ocean or whatever. And he like tried to get it to happen before it did with Ishmael and it didn't. And God only gave him Isaac. And he only had one son. He didn't have like thousands of sons. But he trusted God and he didn't even see it fully come through until he was in heaven, right? He had one of the most like awesome promises I think that anyone could ever have and he didn't actually see it in his lifetime. And there's going to be things that we sow into that we're going to get to see in our lifetime and there's going to be things that we sow into that we're not going to get to see in our lifetime. But that does not mean that God is not good in the midst of that. That does not mean that it's not worth something right here and right now when we need to be able to embrace that. And sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. Sometimes it's all of us thinking instead of me sitting here and wasting my time I'm gonna sit in and like pining after what's supposed to happen or what might happen I'm gonna make sure that I'm ready for that now so I'm gonna pursue everything I can in the moment and embrace the moment with what I have um so I just feel like there's a couple things that we do in our seasons of waiting uh the first thing is I was uh so number one is we question the who what the when and the where so we're constantly, we're asking God, we have this, um, you know, I really, maybe you're, you know, uh, I'll use Dr. Yar as an example. Yar's like, I'm, well, Yar's going to become a doctor someday, okay? No. I saw you, Yar, you stood out, I'm sorry, you're my example right now. Um, so, but, you know, like, Yar could spend this entire season of wanting to become a doctor, being God, where am I going to be a doctor? When am I going to be a doctor? How is this going to happen? And she can pray over and over again for her room for all this direction, which is awesome. We want to do that. Or she could go out there and actively participate in becoming a doctor. Okay. You're not going to become a doctor just by sitting and asking for it. You have to do something about it. Right. If we have a career in our life, we want to have an opportunity. We actually have to do something to move forward. We can't necessarily just wait. Um, so the thing is, is, is when we don't see things happen in the time frame we want to see them in, we start to get fearful and we start to question. When is God, what, what if God doesn't come through? Can he actually do this? Is this him or is this me? Why am I waiting so long? Uh, and I felt like he highlighted Matthew 6. I'm just going to read it from Passion. Have anyone started reading Passion Translations yet? Okay, so awesome. I downloaded, David Knox hooked me up with the way to download Passion on the Psalms on your phone for free, so ask him. I was like so moved. I'm going to read it later, but I was just like so caught up. It was just so, so good. Anyways, okay, so Matthew 6, uh, 25 to 34, it says, uh, This is why I tell you never to be worried about your life. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, and everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plan or reap or store up food, yet Heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you more valuable than your fa- to your father than they? So which, one of, so which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil, and yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time, and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such little faith? So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For this is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way 
one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. If we spend our time worrying and dreaming about the future, we lose sight of what God is doing in the present. He says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness above all else, and the rest will be given to us. So that means that our goal isn't necessarily to figure out every day, okay, God, um, you know, like, I'm not, like, I just think of this because Michaela and I were talking about meal planning earlier, which is awesome and important. Do it for your health. But if all we do every day is figure out how I'm going to do all of my meals for forever, like, in everything, we're going to lose sight of the bigger picture, right? And this, so that's just an example because it came to my head. Meal planning is awesome. I'm not. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Does that, does that make sense, guys? That we, tomorrow will worry about enough about itself, but focus on today. And I'm not saying don't set goals and don't, like, set dreams and pursue them because that is is so important but if all we ever do is think about someday we're gonna lose sight of today and if all we ever do is think about what's gonna happen tomorrow we're not gonna be able to handle today and there's the thing is is there's a balance there's a balance of of pursuing your dreams and preparing yourself that's that's important too is we need to make sure we we prepare ourselves right so we want to we want to um the list actually so several years ago um i (laughs) y'all are gonna laugh um, I read a book like eight, nine years ago called A Man Worth Waiting For, How to Find a Boaz and Not a Bozo. <laughs> so, I know. And <laughs> I was like, it's great. And throughout the whole book, she identifies, <laughs> the whole book, she identifies everybody as a Boaz or a Bozo. But the thing that, the thing that I took away from this more than Boaz versus Bozo was one thing she says in, in, a, in a frame of word that says, this is good, guys, you got to catch this. If we are looking for someone worth waiting for, we need to be the person worth waiting for. So that means if you want to find somebody on fire for God and you want to be, you want to find somebody that's passionate about God, that's going to love God before anything else, well, you need to be that person in order to be able to be ready for that person. If you want a career where you're going to be, um, like pursuing like law and you want to be this awesome lawyer, well, then you need to study law and you need to cultivate yourself in a way that's going to present that you're going to be worthy of that. And, And we, and God is good and God brings dreams and God provides us but how much more are we going to be able to be ready when we steward ourselves now for what we want to achieve later yeah. and so we can't wait for this moment to come to prepare ourselves and to, like we have to prepare ourselves now yeah. if we look at the story of um uh, the, like the 12, vir- 12 virgins, was it 12? 10. 10, sorry, 10. I was up, you know, 12 disciples, 10 virgins, close enough. And uh, half, of them, you know, half of them had enough oil to sustain while they waited uh, for Jesus to come, but the other half didn't, and they went out to go get more, and Jesus came. The thing is, is we can't wait until the last moment, right before wow. our breakthrough, right before we think this job is going to come, to prepare ourselves for the interview, to prepare yourself for the moment, prepare yourself for relationship, whatever it is, you have to prepare right now yeah we can't just sit by and let it think of think of athletes okay um i actually got to meet my family and i did a vacation uh to hawaii and i got to meet katie ledecky when i was in hawaii which for those of you who don't know she's the late the chick on the swim team that shattered olympic records and my sister and i are swimmers so it was really cool whatever <laughs> but okay michael phelps michael phelps did no it's okay <laughs> Michael, like, so we, like, looking at her, like, this chick was ripped. I mean, her swimmer's shoulders were so broad. She's trained for years for that moment. And sometimes, like, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps has trained for over half of his life. He's been an Olympian longer than he's, like, for over half of his life, okay? Then for, like, 50 seconds. 
Like when the when the Olympians swim a 50 meter race, they swim it in less than 20 seconds, and they train so long and so hard for 19 seconds of glory. Yeah. Wow. But is it worth? But they can't they can't just show up and achieve that. Yeah. And no Olympian can just show up at the Olympics and just do it. Okay, that to me is like one of the best examples. We can't just show up when it's time for us to like achieve a job or anything like that. Whatever your goal is, your dream is, and expect it to happen. We have to steward ourselves. We have to be ready. Um, We have to make sure that we like in every area. If we want to be like I said before, like if you want an on fire significant other, well, you need to be that person that's on fire, and you need to pursue yourself and raise yourself to a higher calling. If you want to be a preacher, then you need to learn the word of God and you need yeah. to share your revelations oh, with no. people. I mean, if you want to be a musician, <laughs> then you need to practice your music and you need to share your music with people. If you want to be a teacher, then you teach. If you want to be um, anything, we need to pursue God. We need to go after him with all we have. We need to pray and we need to qualify ourselves. Okay. So we, we listen to sermons. We listen to podcasts. We read books. We do all these things and prepare ourselves to be in a place where we can achieve that and go after yes. it. The other part of that is I feel like we need to leave the worry and stress about what's to come and we can dream, but if we spend all this time stressing about how it's going to happen and how is it going to work out, when am I going to get there, where is this person going to come from, how am I going to make this money, how am I going to achieve that goal, how am I going to buy a house, how am I going to have kids, all these things, you're going to lose complete sight of what God's teaching you in the journey. So good. Psalms uh, 55.22 says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be taken. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Let God worry about the details of how, and you focus on who you need to be to get there. So good. The next thing we do is we question uh, when it doesn't happen the way it should, we question why. So if, let's say, um, you think that, you know, honestly, like for me, I was looking for a career. I never in a million years would have said Panera is going to be a career for me. Like that is not how I thought God was going to do it. And when it first started, I was like, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why. I, it's hours don't work the way I think it should work. All this different, the way I wanted to work with my schedule, all these things. But the thing is, is so many times in my life where I've had doors shut in my face or I have had like an opportunity presented with me and God told me not to do it. Like I was in the midst of that, I was offered this really like this dream opportunity I've been praying for the years for at Panera. And I felt, and God told me no, and God told me not to take it. And I I accepted the position, and then the next day I woke up, and I was, like, praising him because he gave me this dream opportunity, and he said, I don't want you to take it. And I was like, what? And I felt like I was being punished, but it was because God had something even greater ahead. And the thing is, is when I thought God was punishing me and withholding himself, he was actually the very demonstration of his goodness because he was doing it for my benefit. God withholds things from us sometimes, or God doesn't allow certain things to happen because he is good, not because he's not good. It's because it's good for us that it doesn't happen. It's good for us that we don't go out with this person. It's good for us that we didn't get in at this time. It's good for us that, you know, we aren't being able to, buy this thing right now when we wanted to because there's better opportunities there's more things that's coming and sometimes we just can't see that far ahead because we're focused on the one puzzle piece my mom has always like anytime I ever like talk to my mom about anything she's like you're looking at one puzzle piece God sees the whole puzzle so So if you want to know you need to ask him what's beyond your little puzzle piece and that's why he's not letting you go there because that piece doesn't fit for what is actually supposed to fit for the big picture 
And he's and so the Bible says that he like he loves he disciplines those he loves. So uh, if we look at Hebrews twelve one through twelve, that's why I laughed when Pastor Andrew said he was twelve earlier. But this is the beginning of that part. Uh, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. This is an NIV, by the way. If anyone's writing down. Uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten, and have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he ch- chastens after everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and, not, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and really respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of, of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good and in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace yeah. for those who have been trained by it. Yeah. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so the lame may not be disabled and, and be rather healed. Wow. God is good because he doesn't actually let us do everything that we think we should do and get everything that we think Amen. we should get. That's good. That's good. He's protecting us from ourselves, from other people, from yes. bad timing. He's not good because it, because it doesn't happen when we think he should. That's why, that's why he is good. He's not good because of that. Whatever. God is good because he doesn't actually let us get everything that we think we should get. I don't know how many times I have now gone back after the fact and gone, thank you, Jesus, that you didn't let me do that. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me from a bad decision that I didn't know was a bad decision. Over and over and over again. In a season where I thought God was disciplining me or putting himself far from me, he was actually the very opposite. And he was nearer to me than he'd probably ever been near, but I didn't know it. Because he's so good to protect us from those moments. So good. Because he has things better. And the thing is, is there could be an opportunity that looks like God. And it doesn't mean that it's bad if you take it. I'm not saying that if you take an opportunity that's not necessarily from him, that it's going to be a disaster. If you think, you know, if it looks good, it doesn't necessarily mean. But the thing is, is sometimes God has something that much greater. I had an opportunity many years ago to go to Costa Rica and help my friend do a missionary program down there. And I really wanted to. My heart is for missions. But God said not to, and God said to wait. And I've had so many awesome opportunities since then and had a bigger and better picture painted for myself that that just wasn't for me. That was a door open for somebody else. That was, some, that was an opportunity for somebody else to go through. And the other thing that someone, uh, this, I used to work in C28, and this random wise lady came up to me someday, and she said, you know, sometimes when the kingdom of God, when everybody tries to do everything for everybody, they actually limit the kingdom because they're not letting opportunity for people to step in. Sometimes we take an opportunity that we want because we want the glory, we want the opportunity, we think it's from us. And maybe you don't, and I'm not saying every opportunity you take is bad, but sometimes we actually hinder because we're not allowing somebody else to step up and fill those shoes because we think we have to. Sometimes we have to let other people step up 
and have them the opportunity to grow. Have them so give, give them the opportunity to, yeah. to seize the moment, to stretch. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we hinder the kingdom of God. Sometimes we hinder the kingdom of God because we try to take every opportunity that's presented in front yeah. of us instead of letting the opportunity come for someone else to rise to the occasion. It allows us to grow. When I first started, the first missions trip I led, I remember one thing Pastor Daniel told me is he said, like, as a leader, you're not going to, you shouldn't talk on, like, when we get the opportunity to speak in, like, church meetings, you shouldn't talk. Everyone else should talk. Because this is an opportunity for them to grow. You're already given opportunities to talk. Not that you're not going to. Not that if you don't have a word from the Lord, speak up. But you need to, you need to give everyone else an opportunity to step up. And this is their, their chance to let God speak through them and get them raised to a higher level. And that's, and it's true. Like, that's what we, like, I was like, okay, God, that's fine. I don't have, we don't have to speak. God, if you don't want me to say anything, I want them to grow because this is an opportunity for them. And in myself, my pride's like, yeah, I want to speak. I want to like preach. God's got this word and awesome stuff. But what if the, like, what, like Susan and Danielle were with me, what if they had a word that was way more like reaching of even just one person than whatever I thought God had for me? I'm not saying that, again, to hear my heart, it's not that I'm saying that what you have from God isn't as good. I'm not saying that it's not going to reach something. But sometimes we have to put ourselves aside and let someone, like, let God, let someone else step in. This is kind of, I didn't even have this. This is totally random. Uh, I watched this video. It went around on Facebook. I don't know if anybody saw it. Did anybody see the video of the guy whose brother started to pass out from um, heat exhaustion during, like, the race? Did any of you guys see that? For those of you who didn't see it, there was, I don't know if it was an Olympic race or if it was a, really big triathlon or it was like a world race type thing and there was this guy at the very end who was actually leading and he was running gold and he started to like get heat exhaustion or whatever and you can see him literally like stumbling and going like side to side and not he wasn't going to make it and he was literally 400 feet from the finish line and the guy in second place blazes past him and he's barely stumbling and his brother comes up beside him grabs his arm and runs with him and he drags him and when they get to the finish line his brother pushes him forward they literally were when he got he pushes him forward so he got the silver and the brother got the bronze and the brother said he would have done it again in a heartbeat and that's i was literally weeping when i saw that video because i just was like oh my gosh this is so like he sacrificed what was his own personal goal to see his brother succeed because he wanted like he like oh come on like there's gonna be opportunities like that for us and it doesn't mean that you are losing out on an opportunity. Yeah, it does not mean true. that your chance is not going to come. It does not mean that because someone else is getting to do what you've always dreamed to do, that you're not going to get to do it. It's just someone else's opportunity. So someone else's wow. time frame. We need to rejoice with them in those, in those moments. If someone else gets a promotion you want, gets a, a job opportunity that you wanted, well, we rejoice with them because we know that God has that promise for you. Yes. So. Yes. That's was a side nugget. That was, just, that was a side nugget. That was in the Lord. Yeah. Um, come on. He's so good in everything. And his goodness is full um, because he knows what lies ahead. The thing is, is he is good in those moments where he lets somebody else be successful. Or he's good in the moments yeah. where he tells us no. Because it, he knows what lies ahead. And he knows so that good. his goodness for us is still, there's more to come. There's, there's more to come in those moments. And the thing is, is we have to, in our seasons of waiting, in order to embrace his goodness and to see what he has for us, we have to trust him. It's a, it's a matter of, of trusting God. Do we actually trust God enough that he is going to bring us our dream? Do we actually trust God enough that he does have somebody out there for us, right? Does we actually trust God enough that we're going to have provision for school? Do we trust God enough that we're going to be able to pay off this debt? Do we trust God enough that I have another job coming? Do I trust God enough that I'm going to get to fulfill my dream? Do we? And that's something that I have to remind myself constantly. 
Because I love my job, but it's not where I want to be for forever. And I have to remind myself sometimes in those hard moments, okay, God, give me the wisdom for right now, but I trust you that you have more to come. I trust you that there's good. If you're in a hard season, God, I trust you that you're good in this and that you're bringing a light on the other end of the tunnel. That's good. I just want to read a couple of different verses that talk about trust. And then I want us to, to, to take a moment to kind of just sit and think, okay, God, where's our heart with trusting you? God, where's our heart in, in, in thinking, do we think you're good while we wait or do we doubt? And if you doubt, and you're one, that's okay because we have all been there. And I'm sure everyone in this room could raise their hand for something and say, I don't trust God fully with this. But this is an opportunity for us to raise ourselves to a new standard and grab a hold of trusting God and say, God, you are good and I trust you Come with this on. and let go of your dream. Lay it at his feet and say, God, I am not going to deal with this. I'm going to become who I think I need to become. I'm going to pursue who you want me to pursue. I'm going to build myself up the way you want me to build myself up. But I'm not going to hold on to this dream and think I'm going to make it work. Because I can tell you right now, you're never going to make it work as good as God is going to make it work. You can have your hands on it and hold it as tight as you want. And it might work out for you. But I'm going to tell you right now that God is going to do it way better than you can because he's God. And that's not saying that you're not capable. It's just saying that we need to let God be God and not put all the stress on ourselves. He said that he would carry the burdens, not us. So we don't need to do his job for him. He wants to do it. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to carry. He wants to carry our burdens. He wants us to just go for it. So Psalms 40, Psalms 40, 1 through 3, Passion Translation. I waited and I waited and I waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. Then at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me up out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I had fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Psalms 56, 3 through 4. But in the day that I, was af- that I am afraid, I lay all my fears before you and trust you with all my heart. What harm can man bring me? With God by my side, I will not be afraid of what comes. The roaring praises of God will fill my ear, and I will always triumph as I trust his promises. I pray that uh, Psalms, uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. So good. Then you will overflow with confident hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that one again because that's good. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace when you, yes. cut, when you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. First yeah, yeah, yeah. mm. John four sixteen to 18. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love with God, and God lives in them, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is, not, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows us that we have not fully experienced his love. So I want us to just take a minute... And I wanted you guys, just each of us on our own, I wanted you guys to ask yourselves, how much do you trust God? And whether you think of one specific area or you're thinking about your trust with God as a whole, whatever it might be, I want us to just close your eyes or look down, whatever, it doesn't matter, you can look wherever you want. Um, But just ask him, how much do we trust God with our dreams? 
Do we think that he's good with our hopes and is he good with our promises? Do we believe that he's going to provide in this season? Do we believe that he's going to take us to the next level? Do we believe that he's bringing something to us that we've been desiring? And I think that I felt like tonight that God wanted us to, to take us to a deeper level of trust and commitment with him. And he wanted to take us to, to getting ourselves. And it, maybe that means we need to set something out of the way. When I was in youth group, when I was uh, in high school, my freshman year in high school, this is one of the most defining things for me that I've ever um, experienced. I was freshman. I, we were in this, like, at the end of camp, and my youth pastor asked us all to close our eyes and to picture something in our life that we felt was impacting our relationship with God. And I remember him saying, he said, I want you to ask God to either use it as a stepping stool to whatever is next or to ask him to, like, remove it. And so that we can have breakthrough. And I remember thinking of the specific thing that was hindering me, uh, which in ninth grade seemed like the end of the world, and asked God, okay, God, what are you going to do? Like, I need you to do something with this. And I can remember two weeks went by, and I didn't eat, and I, like, never had thought about that thing that had, like, seriously been burdening me every single day. And it was, for me, it was the first moment I realized how real God was to me. And God revealed himself in that moment by, like, taking this burden off of my shoulders, and I was able to embrace it. And I don't know if that hits home with anybody in this moment, but I just kind of like, it hit me to to share that. And I just want us to, uh, I'm going to stop talking here real quick and I'm going to pray, but I want us to just seek God. Whether, like I said, whether it's one thing, whether it's your life, whether it's big or small, whatever it is, what's your level of trust with him? And so God, I just thank you that, that right now, as we ask you where we're at, and then we got, I want us to commit to a new level of surrender and trusting you and seeing that you're good. And I thank you, God, that when we ask you to reveal your goodness in this, that you will show us how you, you've been so good. Maybe some of you guys in the room right now can't, haven't seen where God was good when, when things were withheld or when things were stopped or changed. And God's going to show you. So, God, I ask that you show them how you were good while they wait, while they've waited, while they're going to continue to wait. Thank you, God, that you're going to show them how to build themselves up, how to, how to strengthen themselves to become the people worthy of what you have planned for them. Thank you, God, that you're going to teach us the patience to store up our treasures in heaven and not here. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you meet every single one of us where we're at right now. As we're all in different places with this with you, God, I thank you that you meet each of us. And I see this picture of him kneeling and getting face to face with you. He is right with you. He's on the same level as you are. So thank you, God.